Hi, it's Ian Brody here. Welcome to the More Clients podcast, where you can learn practical strategies to help win more clients for your consulting, coaching, training, or other professional services business. With me on the podcast today is Adrian Wilmot. Adrian's the MD of Arcus Consulting, a specialist consulting firm that helps transform finance functions into value-adding business partners. Welcome to the podcast, Adrian. Thank you, Ian. So we're going to get straight down to business. One of the reasons I've got Adrian on the podcast today is that when most people think of email marketing, they think of consumer goods and deals and offers and stuff like that, like Amazon or Groupon. But Adrian, your business is nothing like that at all. So just to set the context, can you tell us a little bit about your business, who your ideal clients are, who you're targeting with email marketing and how you got into it? Um, I can certainly do that. So we were a small consultancy, as Ian said, and we focus on really quite large companies. So multinationals, typically FTSE 100, FTSE 200 size companies here in the UK, in Europe and uh, and in the US. And, and, and in a way, our proposition targets group CFOs or divisional, you know, senior divisional finance directors. And the proposition really is to how to shift from you know, teams, finance teams that have been counters or adding up the numbers to to sort of adding more business value, either driving strategy or influencing business decisions, if you like. Um, We've been going since 2009. And to begin with, we worked our own network. And then we started doing some telemarketing, um, which I was quite surprised with. But it did, in fact, work doing some telemarketing. Um, It's quite a slow burn it's quite a slow time to get to to, to proposals um, and frankly it's quite costly uh, but nevertheless it has generated some, some some clients and some work for us and and I think what we were interested in doing was trying to find if you like another channel a more sustainable channel a in a way probably more affordable channel uh, and every time we sort of looked at the you know you read things on the internet it always says content marketing content marketing content marketing but we just didn't know where to start, to be honest with you. Um, and, and, and that's really what led us to you. Okay. So you're targeting very senior finance directors, CFOs, finance VPs. And I guess these are people who've kind of seen it all before. And mm-hmm. people are getting calls all the time, people trying to have meetings with them. Um, so what what was it that, that worked for you that actually managed to break down that barrier and and get the attention of very senior senior people who, you know, are very difficult to get hold of, let's be honest. They're, they're very true, and, and probably the most the most gatekeepered with professional PAs <laughs> amongst the world. I mean, to some extent, you, you, you Ian, got my attention uh, at, the, at the beginning, because uh, and, and there was, it was an email or a, po- or a, a blog that uh, said something like, you know, most companies like ours, our small sort of startup consultancies, fail after three or four years, not after one or two years because they don't put in place a proper marketing machine for lead generation. They, they, they work from their existing networks. Um, we, we, one of our major clients dried up, so it coincided with a, with a bit of a kick up the, uh, up the rear to get into action, if you like. And what we did was we focused on what you would call the, the lead magnet. Um, that was the, the real heart of getting us off the ground. Um, for us, it was, a, it was a best practice report on how to transform finance to add more value, not really the glossy concept brochure. If, if you looked at our competitors, which are the, the, the big four accounting-based companies like PwC, KPG, you know, Deloitte, and so on, you know, they're all talking about finance business partnering, but it comes across as a concept. So what, so what we wanted to do was to 
write down um, the how-to, the practical guide to sort of stand out from the crowd, if you like. Um, but it was the biggest hurdle was the first one, which was the psychology of getting over the idea that you'd write down everything you knew <laughs> and give it away up front. That was the, probably the hardest, hardest first step to take in a way. So once you once you'd bitten your tongue. <laughs> then, then it was uh, kind of much easier. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing as well that it, because uh, we've, we've talked about this before on the phone when we were kind of working together on the, and as you were taking the email marketing program. Um, one of the things that you find is that there's often no better way of, of actually probably really understanding what you're talking about in your field than to, to teach it to others. So did you find that yourself when you, when you were writing the lead magnet, you were actually, you know, it was helping to get your thinking straight? Absolutely. I mean, we, we had, um, Actually, like many companies, like I said, had lots of ideas and we were using different ideas with clients. And we kept saying we ought to write articles and write, we ought to write blogs, but somehow never quite quite got to it. So when we decided we were going to do this, um, we also decided really early on that we should have five levers to pull. You know, what are the big five levers you need to pull to add more value to the business from finance? Um, and I have to say that was really hard because what we did was wrote down everything we knew. And it came to uh, 50 pages, I think. Was the I remember version. that. <laughs> you, I think we asked you the question, should we break that up into five chapters in books or get the hatchet out? And you sent us one sentence which says something like, hatchet job. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you also said 10 pages. So I think we compromised on, um, I think it's 14 pages. But, you know, what, what, what it really forces you to do is, is to be clear about what's interesting to a client, what's valuable to a client. Um, and I think we have ourselves on, 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 you know, what are our distinctive points of view? What's, what, what's going to get people's attention um, rather than the normal glossy grocery stuff that you can pull off that looks like everybody else's, if you like? That's right, because uh, I think there's what there's. I guess there's an art to to writing material that's interesting to clients about knowing where they're already starting. And if the clients already had ten glossy brochures from uh, from the big four and others about how important finance business partnering is, then they don't need an awful lot of material going over that. What they need is the thing that takes takes the next step with them. Well, we we had a magic moment uh, probably about five or six months after we started doing this with you. We turned up at a client who had printed in front of them was the business partnering brochure from one of our unnamed competitors and ours printed out. And they've been through both with a, with a highlighting pen. And, 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 and they just turned to us and said, well, this tells us, this first one tells us this is a really good idea. What you've done is tell us what to do, how to do it, and what to prioritize. And, you know, that's one of the clients that uh, went on to be a paying client. Excellent, excellent. And I think that, that brings up um, something you, you've mentioned before about how using a lead magnet can make a difference to you psychologically. It kind of gives you more confidence. So, can you say a bit more about how that worked out for you. Well, you know, at one level, um, there's nothing better to give you self confidence than having more leads. Um, <laughs> you know, having one or two leads and it has to turn into a proposal and you have to win them all is a really, really tough game. I mean, but having you know a number of leads at different stages, really. So we have conversations going on by email now that, that, that may or may not turn into things. You know, we have one or two things where we're starting a dialogue and we have several things that are at proposal stage. Um, I have to say that's probably the biggest, biggest driver of self-confidence. But what we, what we noticed was when we were turning up to our first meeting, people had already read a report and had 10 or a dozen points of view emails, and we got straight into 
so how should we get into this project? What's the priority? What should the objectives be? And, and, and what we really noticed was we've had probably half a dozen clients now after a first meeting say to us, you should talk at our national conference or you should come to our, best, uh, our, our business partners meeting next week. So you just arrive in a different place because they've qualified your, your, your content and your points of view and you've, you, you turn up more confident because you've, you, you know, you're clear about what your points of view are and what the six things to do are, the five levers to pull. You just arrive in a, as, as, a, as a completely different place. And I guess it must be pretty good when they have your, your thought leadership out and your competitor's brochure and they're favorably comparing yours because your competitors are big firms. So it, I guess it's normally relatively scary to compete against them thinking, have we got the credibility that they have, et cetera. But, but you absolutely do now. Yeah, and, and, and do you know what I've uh, noticed uh, over the last few months? So, so I guess we started this uh, journey as an idea about 12 months ago, and I think we, we probably spent two or three months getting the hatchet out to, uh, to an over, over, oversized report for about three months probably. So I guess we've been doing the, the promotion and the follow-on emails for about nine months. What I've noticed in the last few months is that we're not competing very often. We're creating our own market because the proposition is – you know, you're a senior finance director. Uh, do you want your finance teams to add more value to the business and drive decision-making in the business and increase their skills? It's really hard for a finance director to say no to that. Um, so we're often turning up and creating our own opportunities and market and not having to compete, um, which, is a, which is a fantastic place to, 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 to be able to see. So, you, so your route in the door to break down those barriers, get past the gatekeeper, was the lead magnet, the thought leadership that uh, that's a real high value to potential clients. Afterwards, you followed up, obviously, with uh, with email marketing. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people are thinking, well, it must be different emailing, you know, very senior executives in, in corporate. They probably get a lot of emails. They, you know, a lot of things you might see in a normal email to a consumer, or an individual, or a small business owner. Maybe that doesn't work with a, you know, senior. A senior finance person, would you say, from your perspective, you think there's a difference in the way you've emailed to to other people might be emailing to other to others, or is it is it kind of you know people are people they're all the same? I, I've I've not done it to a, a different market, so I, I don't truthfully have the comparison. But I, I can tell you what what we did, and you can decide whether whether it's the same or different. But you know, and we we took your advice, and you were very strong on um, you know making it personable, making it simple, short sentences get people's attention, you know, the follow-on nurturing emails are, I, I think we had to get the hatchet out to most of those most times <laughs> as well. Um, one thing we, we, we did, I guess there's two things we've done which probably are different. We took the style of offering some uh, advice to senior people. You know, senior people in large corporates are actually typically pretty lonely. Mm. Uh, the more senior you get, the less you can talk to your, your, your peers because you're competing with them. Um, and you certainly can't talk to your subordinates about what, what, you know, what they should do as a leader. So we would put out a provocative point of view on, on something that they should do. And then towards the end, we'd say, you know, ask yourself, you know, do your teams influence business decisions or are they just adding up the numbers? You know, are they at the table when, when, when the business management teams are making the decisions or are they, are they in, the, in their own office? And all the feedback has been that that ask yourself thing, which we end most of our emails with, um, gets your attention. Ah. And the, I don't, you know, the other thing I think we probably have done a lot of is we, we, we've he quite heavily researched the people to target because we know our target market. And whenever and when people sign up, we, we check who they are. And if they're really senior, we 
we change the interaction to them quite quickly. So they get the standard four or five full-on emails, and then we'll break the sequence quite early on. So if it's a really senior person, a divisional finance director in a you know top 20 company, um, then, we'll, then we'll break the following sequence and suggest we talk on the phone or offer a meeting to share the research in more detail or best practice in, in a way that the nurturing following emails can carry on if they don't take up the offer. Um, but we'll break the sequence more often for the senior people to try and try and get in front of them. So I, I, I guess that's probably the, the, the couple of differences, really. So that's interesting. So the, the challenge to them with the, with the questions is probably because they're in that senior position, as you say, they don't have, often don't have a sounding board or someone to talk to. But I guess they respect challenge. You're yes, not, I, 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 absolutely. I, I think in a way you have to stand in the shoes of these people and, and, and imagine that you've been 20 years in a big corporate and you've got a, you're nearly at the top, but you're not quite at the top, or you're you know, the CFO or the divisional FD and you want to be the group CFO. You know, if you come across as a, an authority, an experienced person who's done this before and offered, offering you know, sound but practical, slightly controversial sometimes points of view, they said, if you want to get on around here and you want to transform your your teams to do more, then you know, you've got to do the following three things. And then at the end, you say, so ask yourself, do you think you're doing that? It, it almost it doesn't quite lead them to pick up the phone and call you, but it, it's intended to, to leave that feeling with them. Yeah. And of course, because in terms of in terms of the the way you interact with them they they've they've got plenty of yes men around just saying just saying yes to them and they've probably got plenty of advice and you know um articles and stuff like that coming that way coming their way that are fairly vanilla fairly safe offering the same standard stuff that everyone else talks about because people don't want to upset people they don't want to take a risk and i guess with your approach you're taking a little bit of a risk by being a bit controversial or actually asking them to examine themselves in their own business. So it might be that some of them go feel it's too much. Yeah. But but they, you know they were never going to be a great client anyway. What, what's happening is you're isolating the it focusing on the ones who that approach is really going to work for who aren't getting that from anyone else. I I, I do think that's exactly exactly right. The, the um the you know the, the way the way to look at it I think is um. Let's say there are there, there are there are five or six big companies out there. You know, business partnering, finance business partnering is not a new concept. It's not a new idea. It's been around probably forever. Um, but for the last four or five years, there are trade body associations in the finance uh, functional world that, that that have been promoting this. So what we did last year that has fed into the lead lead magnet is we did a little bit of research with about fifty finance directors to say. Okay, are you doing this? Is this your ambition to be better at business partnering? If so, are you getting any benefits from it? And what we discovered was that 70% plus of finance directors are trying to get their teams to add more value to the business, but less than a quarter are getting any financial benefit from it. So that gets people's attention that says, everybody's doing it. There's only a quarter of you who are making any money out of it. Do you want to know how? <laughs> and, and, and of course, yeah, you know, that that basically says if you're just getting generic vanilla advice, they're going to take you down the route of this is a great idea. Lots of consultants from a big company. Um, well, alternatively, our our proposition is you know two or three experienced or what I politely call seasoned consultants, <laughs> um, you know, working on the ground, giving you hard hitting advice and helping to make change happen. And, and that that's the proposition. And where it hits, where it, where it hits the mark with those ones you're talking about, the leaders who are interested in leading, um, it hits really well. 
And of course, what you did there that again differentiates you is you put in the work. So rather than it, it it's a big step for many people to to you know sit away and write a lead magnet, write a report, write something of value. But it's an even bigger step that very few people take to go out and invest in doing the research. And by invest, I, I don't think I'm assuming it didn't cost you you know a, a ton of money, but it did take time. Yeah, well, although what we did was we went back to people that we, we knew or had tried to know. It, because we'd had a telemarketing um, channel, uh, one, of the, one of the big things that comes from that is actually a reasonably researched um, database. So, so we've been able to leverage that for our, our email marketing, and we've contacted people we've been in contact with for the research who, um, who, who perhaps aren't clients or, or not yet anyway, as well as people we knew. So Actually, it was a lot easier to do than I ever imagined. It always seems like a big exercise, but um, actually, we better, we better not let you let your competitors hear that. We were <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope what they hear is, yeah, it's really hard work. You don't want to do it. <laughs> Very good. And the uh, and of course the the just alluding back to to what you said before about the breaking the sequence. So in other words, where you've got and this is something very many people miss. They assume email marketing is all about automation, but where you've got very high value potential clients, then you can afford to take them off the sequence. You can afford to interact with, once you know they're kind of qualified and you, as you said, you've done your, your homework, you know that they're in a, in a big company, they're a senior finance di- director. You can certainly afford to do something personal and tailored for them because the, the payoff is going to be so high. Correct. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not sure I would use this as a strategy, but one of our, one of, uh, a very senior finance guy in one of a very large company that recently became a client. Um, he, we, we noticed from the email marketing system that he, he tried to download our lead magnet report, um, but it failed to complete. So actually we sent him an email saying, we noticed you tried to download the report and, but, but didn't finish it. Would you like me to send you a copy? And he came back. Yes, please. And we were instantly into, to, to, uh, personal contact. Uh, it did occur to me that you should make it impossible to actually download the report. <laughs> but then I decided that was, that was slightly unethical. That might be a little bit over the top. Yeah, a little bit over the top. Excellent. Adrian, that's been really handy. Um, any, if, if you imagine yourself in the shoes of someone starting again from scratch right now and who is thinking of using email marketing as part of their approach, particularly to target large companies like you've done, large corporates, um, what would your priorities be, would you say, for someone starting out thinking about email? What, what, what should they focus on? I think, I think you need to find something crunchy. So, so you know, you helped us a lot to um, get our five levers around a best practice report. So whether it's the top three something or the five levers or the, the best seven ways to do something – it, it, it probably gets people's attention and, and forces you to channel all the content ideas you've got into some attention-grabbing stuff. You know, and, and, and don't underestimate the, um, that I think I did at the beginning, the, the, the power of what you can then repackage from all that. Mm. So we wrote the one report, and we're still rewriting articles and follow-on emails, still walking through the content of that report you know, several months later. So I think, one, find something crunchy. Uh, Two, I think you need to form some some opinions, uh, not just this is what's happening in the market or in the world or, you know, good practice is this. Form some maybe slightly controversial opinions, something that's going to make you stand out from the crowd. Again, it's because the senior leaders that you're targeting are quite lowly, and, and, and it's often the middle managers below them that sort of 
get in their way, and very often underneath it, there's a, there's a lot of latent energy at the more junior ranks. But, but at the top level, people welcome um, practical, well-thought-through, considered advice, and, and it's getting their attention that matters. And I guess if I was allowed three, I think the third one would be just do it. Mm. It's just get on with it. It's really hard to get started, but once you decide to do it, just just get on with it and finish it through. You know, I think we've tried different permutations. We've done, uh, you, know, you know, perhaps parallel email marketing with different titles, and it, it's really quick to change these things. You can you can you, you learn really, really quickly with client feedback what what works and what doesn't, and and it's very easy to be quite agile as a small company to to change the the, the plans. But I guess the, the the biggest failing is not getting around to getting started. Yeah, but once you've got that momentum going, then it's easy to change tack. Correct. And as you see, that, that's, that's interesting there because you do, you do have that advantage as a smaller organization that you could, you know, you, you could tomorrow decide to email something different or stop sending the sequence and, and instead send a personal email or et cetera, et cetera. Whereas in a large company, they, you know, they, it would take them so long to change tack. They really are in the super tanker model. That uh, yes, they've got resources, but it's very difficult for them to to change around like you're doing. Correct, correct. Excellent, Adrian. That's been fantastic. Thank you very much. It's going to be really useful for people thinking of targeting large companies. Quick question, because we might have some people actually listening who are in that finance field um, and may actually be interested in some of the things you have. Uh, if people want to find out more about you. Where do they go to? So they, they go to our company website. So the company is Arcus Consulting, and uh, the website is www.arcusc.com so that's A-R-C-U-S-C.com and they can download the website from there and the follow-on nurturing emails will arrive automatically as and when we write them. And if they're not a group director in finance, they might not quite get the personal touch but they can <laughs> at least see what the, the normal nurturing emails are like. Excellent. Thanks very much, Adrian. been a real pleasure. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Ian here again. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Hope you found it useful. As I'm sure you'll have heard, it's a great example of how you can use email marketing in a very corporate business-to-business environment rather than the business-to-consumer or business-to-small-business or online marketing type environment. You've probably heard it talked about before and it really works. It's done wonders for Adrian and his business. Hey, as I say, hope you enjoyed that and I'll see you all again on an upcoming More Clients podcast. Cheers. Thank you.